Chapter Seventeen of Limanora, The Island of Progress by Godfrey Swevin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. My Education Continued, Part One. The gaze into the probabilities of the future and into the realities of the past ejected from my system whatever dangerous admiration I might have felt for the career of such a military adventure as Choctrew. In spite of my self-control and rapidly developing reasoning faculty, there lurked in me the same longing for power that had been so evident in my cabin boy. Though he had fallen so wretchedly, there was a romance about his career which appealed to something deep-seated in my spirit. I knew what a hypocrite and scoundrel he had become in order to make his success, yet the success seemed to condone his offences against the progress of humanity. The lust of rule that lies in the hearts of all men had not yet been eradicated from mine. I had advanced so far as to be ashamed of it, and I tried to reason it down or to conceal even from myself the fact of its existence. But my guardians knew that it was there, and they took the necessary precautions against its growth. Thus did I pass with the whole people through the national purification ending with a glimpse of their heaven and their hell. And now I was ready to re-enter on my process of education. The more spiritual portions of my nature had been remoulded or confirmed to follow in the true path of Limanoran development. The last purificatory process had been revealed in me the virtuous or progressive balance that ensured success in the island. The minds of my guardians were now at rest with regard to my spiritual future, and I was on the fair way to become one of the community. Still my physical constitution lagged far behind the race. Nor had I any hope of ever making up this lost time. So much had the education of generations and the accumulations of heredity done for them. My senses were but feebly developed compared with those of the Limanorans, and though they gave sensuous faculties a far lower place than the most advanced thinkers I had ever known of in Europe, they by no means neglected them, but considered them important instruments of progress in the material conditions of their life. My pro-parents thought it necessary that I should be brought in the development of my sensuous perceptions near to their own level, now that my love of reason was so strong as to preclude the possibility of being overwhelmed by sensuous energy. They began with the most intellectual of the senses, the eyesight, and by the help of magnetism, hypnotic suggestion, and constant practice under their tuition, they soon brought me to see farther afield and more keenly into the structure of things around me than I had in Europe thought it possible for the human eye to accomplish. I could perceive with the naked eye stars that I had been able to see before only through the telescope. I began to note the changes of tissue underneath the skull of my neighbors when any great thought or emotion stirred in them and could use their wonderful instruments of far and near research with appreciation. Through these instruments faint stars appeared moons, and nearer planets revealed many of the secrets of their surface, whilst the elements resolved themselves into even simpler constituents. What still lay beyond I could not imagine, yet there were manifestly worlds intensive and extensive, 
still to be explored beyond the limits of these aids to sight in the life of an individual i could not expect to approach the development of optic faculty attained by this people this impressed itself more deeply upon me when my guardians tried to evolve me in the magnetic power of eye which every limanoran had by nature when any one of them turned his full glance upon me it was like encountering the direct beams of the sun i had to drop my eyelids in self-defence it was this that gave them such hypnotic power over choctrew and his followers their eye was an active exponent of the soul within as well as the passive recipient of messages from the world without and could concentrate into its glance the energy of their powerful wills any one of these limanorans amongst the feebler-eyed millions of the rest of the world would have proved himself a master spirit he would with his unhesitating will and the magnetism of his eye have kept masses of men in check and moulded them into a unity and the great commanders of history would have blenched before his gaze from the first i had felt uneasy under the full glance of my island friends in spite of its kindliness and benevolence before i left england i had been supposed to have the mesmeric faculty to an exceptional degree now i found it pale before those marvellous limanoran eyes and all the training and physical aid my proparents could give me in this direction though they added greatly to my energy of will and eye only brought out my hopeless inferiority i was able at last to bear their glances with ease and even to raise my eyes to theirs for a few seconds but i ceased to hope for the attainment of their ocular command or their magnetic power even their passive electric sense was far beyond my possibility in many of its ramifications for years i had wondered why their couriers into far regions of the sky could without any chart or landmarks find their way back to their island home with such ease it could not be by means of vision for they often went flying above the clouds to the antipodes nor could it be by smell for that sense was not nearly so much developed as the others in some of my now more distant flights with thyriel i discovered that they homed by the electric sense it had become keen in the measurements of amounts of electricity and every locality had its own electric possibilities not to speak of a certain peculiar quality in its electricity which differentiated it from all others one of the most important branches of their education was the magnetography of the earth and sky although i never got beyond a vague perception of differences in the degrees of electricity it was of some use to me in my flights to have learned the elements of this great descriptive science i could tell with fair accuracy how high i was above the earth and whether i was drifting away from limanora or towards it for the amount of electricity in any region varied within certain definite limits and the conditions governing it were constant for long periods of time these were roughly the metals beneath the surface of the earth the differences in temperatures of the strata of air above the evaporation of chemical changes on the earth below and the periodicity of the influence of the sun and the stars 
their electric charts of the sky and air were ever in process of correction but so slightly and gradually in each region that it was only after long periods that the limanoran couriers had to revise their magnetographic knowledge indeed it was their reports after long flights which generally led to the minute corrections of their charts it was the work of a few minutes only to learn the new modifications for their charts were exact miniature models of that which they were intended to represent the learner had only to touch a spring and by the inner mechanism of the globe out would ray to each point of it the electricities that in degree and quality belonged to the region indicated the member of the electric family who guided him would explain the changes that had occurred since he last consulted the instrument and his own electric sense would tell him the rest nor was this magnetographic training useful merely for the purpose of pilotage through the heavenly vault it enabled any courier to seek the region where he would most easily recharge the little engines which he bore with him under his arms to aid in his wing journey although he could prevent the complete exhaustion of these power auxiliaries by supplying them with some of the magnetism in his own body it was only in emergencies that he did this for his own system needed electric recuperation as well whenever this was required he made for some region of the air that he knew to be highly electric and there he floated whilst with his receptive sense he drew in new stores for his own system and for his little armpit engines then he went on his way rejoicing exhilarated by his new energy one of the purposes of their frequent flight into atmospheric spheres other than their own was to drink in new magnetism from one of the great sky fountains when a limanoran returned from an aerial flight there was renewed life in him his eyes glowed with a heightened radiancy i could see a soft light play about them in the dark and this if needed he could make even piercing in its brilliancy he required no light to guide him in the deepest night his electric sense gathered in from the atmosphere the scattered radiance that was hidden from my sight and from his eyes he could emit this electricity in the form of light for me who under all their training was never able to develop such power over the unseen forces of the air the eyes of thyriel were a guide in our flight through the night sky and by day so gentle a brilliance played around them it was little wonder they fascinated and drew me ever to them after experiencing their power i was not surprised at the hypnotic influence limanoran eyes had had over the leaders of the hostile expedition it did not astonish me to find that by means of their electric energy they could move vast masses which no mere muscular force could have touched i had a constitution that seemed to be physically far stronger than thyriel's yet if she had time to reinforce her store of magnetism she could accomplish feats of strength i could not approach in her fragile system there seemed to reside a giant's energy but this was only at times and especially after she had made some long journey into the regions of the air the tissues and fibres of her body seemed to grow tenfold stronger when the new electric energy tingled along her nerves 
in only the faintest way was i ever able to develop my electric receptive sense so far as to realize what a new store meant to their physical powers yet my guardians set themselves to bring out my latent electric sense or furla after much practice and the application of many stimuli i began to feel impulses more keenly even when they came from a distance the back of my neck grew more and more sensitive so that i would wheel round instinctively when anyone looked at me from behind there was almost hope that i should after many years of practice come to distinguish the different kinds of emotion with which anyone though unseen might look at me and i could produce by a concentration of will force in the eyes a certain luminosity noticeable when i stood in deep darkness my power of sight was greatly strengthened by this new electric faculty that the eyes acquired i began to raise my eyelids before the penetrative glance of a limanoran or even the full majesty of the sun but never could i hope to reach their analytic power of vision their senses were distinguished from those of the rest of mankind by intellectuality and were i thought not merely the observers and reporters of the mind but its outline parts or functions the eye especially seemed to do what through its means reason and experiment might have done at a glance a limanoran could tell to an inch the distance of any object and was not far wrong in his estimate of the space between the earth and any star when its rays reached his eye he could distinguish one ray from another by its color or color constituents and by its magnetic affinities what he had learned in the use of the inamar or spectroscope in the laval wells and in the fusion of metals in rimla had come to be a visual instinct with scarcely a minute's hesitation he would tell the predominant elements of any one of the heavenly bodies doubtless the firla had something to do with his analytic power one of their imaginative pioneering books held out the by no means remote possibility of catching symptoms of the life which they knew well filled the dim worlds above their auditory powers had been far less developed than their visual and gave but faint hope of transcending interstellar space and my training soon brought me within easy distance of their hearing capacity the range of this faculty both at its upper and its lower limit had been considerably extended sounds dangerous on account of their loudness to the inner mechanism of ordinary ears were by means partly of strengthening the protective cartilages and partly of a trevamolan or graduated modifier of sound which they constantly wore made harmless and even gentle and enjoyable those that were too faint to reach any human ear became audible to me after some training in the use of their vamelans or macromacraucos so greatly had these been improved along with the power of hearing that they could discriminate the different noises of microscopic life these vamelans in their application of electricity to hearing could make the buzzing of an insect sound like the roar of thunder by modifications of them any of the sounds heard through them could be recorded forever thus had been formed a library and museum of the phonology of animal life 
they had been able to study the records of sounds emitted by the various species of animals and had come to know the meaning of each sound before they had driven all but microscopic life from the island thus they had learned by means of the recording vamelans the language of animals the birds of the air i have seen follow the cries of thyriel gathering around her in clouds as she flew until by a sudden change of tone she would scatter the fluttering masses to the four winds even the fish of the sea would rise and leap above the waters to her notes ferocious devouring monsters would leave their prey and follow gently in her train most of this power over the undeveloped creation was due to the record and study of their cries but not all the magnetism of her personality had a strange effect upon the wildest birds of prey it seemed to bear with it tacitly the lesson of limanoran civilization that no life was to be destroyed by those who meant to make the best of life there was a gentle merciful spirit in the glow of the eyes i have seen her take a wounded bird to her bosom as she flew and putting new life into it by the stroke of her fingers set it free strong and happy there was a life-giving power in the tips of limanoran fingers that puzzled me at first why the mere touch should so soothe the lower creation that the agony of their wounds would soon vanish and their cries cease bewildered me for a time my own pains rapidly disappeared under the touch of my proparents i afterwards knew that part of the active magnetism of their system came through their fingers and they helped me to develop this channel of influence in myself i could at last by passing my fingers over thyriel's hair or face relieve any tension of her nerves which might have produced pain nay i could hear her hair crackle under my touch when i had charged my system with much electricity once or twice i was able to draw a wounded bird to me and change by my stroke on the feathers its cries of pain into low notes of content but i could never draw the winged creation to me in clouds as thyriel did it was all the more surprising to me that they fenced off animal life from their island what might they not have done with such powers over the lower creation when i put my question into words the answer was unhesitating and unanswerable all failures in development had to be thrust from the path of progress they could do nothing but clog it if the limanorans had little hesitation in the case of their own flesh and blood they had still less when they had to deal with animals it was quite true that many of the more highly developed of the servants of man had nobler natures than most of their masters deeper loyalty greater sincerity truer and more lasting courage much might and did come from companionship with their primitive and guilt-proof natures but the fact that when associated with man they were destined to serve made such good impracticable and rather brought out the mean and brutal tyranny of man than helped to implant in his nature their own virtues even with such noble qualities as they had it was impossible for them to overleap the many ages their systems had lagged behind in other respects the open offensiveness of their grosser animal appetites and needs their lack of that great instrument and teacher of the brain a fully developed hand 
and the inability to foresee beyond a few hours days or months nor could any human process prolong their period of life and postpone their day of dissolution it was not a good thing for these pioneers of the human race to see the approach of death and its agonies in a being that could not assuage or postpone it still less beneficial was it to touch the carcasses and reduce them to harmless atoms the presence of animals meant the daily obtrusion of offensive sights that would either shock or degrade their natures all that animals could do for them was already done by their science or their machinery nothing that had fallen so far behind in the race of life was worth the trouble of missionaryism for the energy that was in it had a better chance of rising swiftly in the scale of existence by dissolution and entrance into some other form none the less they had studied the language of animals when they had had the opportunity it belonged to the orchestration of the world and all the sounds of nature were of interest to them they were in the habit of visualizing what they heard by a refined and complicated instrument which they called a thinamar and had long been able to translate into its appropriate form and colour every sound inarticulate as well as articulate through long use of this instrument the tones of nature bore with them something that appealed to their eye i never grew expert enough in its use to make the visualization of sound an instinct still less could i reverse the process a modification of their thinamar had enabled them to translate sights into the symbols of sound and by skill in using it they had come to attach certain notes to certain sights thus a noble landscape would appeal to their imagination not only through the eye but in the form of music and they spoke of hearing the beauty of a star or a flower a section of this instrument did for complicated sounds what the spectroscope or inamar as they called it did for light every substance every individual living thing had its natural and peculiar note and the linamar analyzed what seemed to me the simplest sound into its constituent primary notes each of which revealed its source aided by their micracos and macracos it enabled the limanorans to analyze the chemical elements of any object whether at a great distance from them or to minute to appeal to their senses their macrocows were instruments by which means of electric currents and magnetisms could make a beam of light transmit any sound to its source or make the ear gather in the same way whatever sounds were filling the air at any point on its course i knew when i saw a steady flash in any direction that the sound of some point was getting tapped by one of these instruments each had an apparatus for laying and keeping fixed its luminous telegraph wire along which it received and transmitted an application of this in the gossip telegraph enabled them to listen to the comedy of life as it went on in any one of the adjacent islands of the archipelago their micracaus used the same means for gathering the faint sounds which echoed from the clouds or through the upper regions of the atmosphere and turning them into loud notes which might be recorded analyzed and interpreted their magnifying power was quite equal to that of the clirolan 
faint buzzings of insects at vast distances could be collected and made as loud as thunder it was even applied to cosmic sounds that impinged on the atmospheric envelope of the earth microcaustic balloons rose into the upper air and after gathering whatever faint sounds wandered thither from outside the world were drawn back again to divulge their secrets eavesdroppers of the cosmos they were and perchance in some future age they would enable the limanoran to listen to voices from other worlds or even to communicate with the dwellers there a more immediate and practical advantage of these instruments was found in medicine they told in clear accents the unexpected or dangerous changes in the tissues or organs of any man's system they were used in the weekly medical inspection which every member of the commonwealth underwent when the keen eye aided by the camera microscope could detect nothing abnormal in the body the microcaust would tell the examiner's ear of some obstruction or deleterious change he knew the normal sounds of healthy action in every part when they were magnified thousands of times by this instrument and every departure from them readily caught the ear all the citizens were trained to use it as an aid in diagnosis so that they might be able to locate in the system any beginning of disease it was part of the training of my ear to use the microcaust and to interpret its physiological revelations but these instruments were getting antiquated by the rapid development of the electric sense that could by the aid of their various electromagnifiers and analyzers gather in cosmic news from distances which the sense of hearing and its aids would count infinite magnetic kites and balloons rose to the uttermost fringe of our atmosphere whether common terrestrial influences could reach only in such faint waves as to be neutralized there they gathered the electric impressions and impulses coming from other planets and even other systems on them were recorded the varying strengths of the waves and their direction from these records the astronomical families could tell what was happening of a cosmic character in the universes far out of reach of even their levitorolans or camera telescopes perturbations in the atmosphere of great unseen suns collisions between worlds that circled round them births of new universes from these lost systems periodic disturbances of the routine revolutions through the approach of some meteoric wanderer the settlement of life on worlds grown ripe for it and the death of outworn stars for many generations had they kept and classified these reports of cosmic history and were beginning to recognize a wide periodicity in many of them and to draw conclusions as to the path of our universe through infinite space it seemed to them that there was some point far distant in the cosmos round which our sun and its satellites with innumerable other systems of stars revolved and that this point with its satellites had its own independent movement age by age with the aid of their adrolans or electric telescopes and other electric instruments they felt that they were getting nearer and nearer to the centre of this interwoven epicycloidal movement and were almost convinced that it did not proceed infinitely but that there was some ultimate centre which had no movement round another 
their instincts told them that this was the divine consciousness towards which all things rose in the scale of being they never remitted their ador and diligence in the development of their electric sense and of the instruments that aided it to become a receiver of cosmic news and a recorder of cosmic history for they were confident that this was one of the tracks that led up through the intricacy of the cosmos to god one of my greatest regrets was that my electric sense could not follow the footsteps of these pioneers in the infinite it had but a dim consciousness of the reports of their instruments and train it as eagerly and diligently as i would it lagged behind my power of vision and even my sense of hearing on this account i preferred to learn the results of their researches through these two senses for the electric reports were carefully translated into appeals to the eye and the ear i could see their wonderful discoveries in the unknown as they worked them into picture and mechanism and i could listen from day to day to the orchestration of their newly discovered spaces and movements what seemed at the moment an intolerable discord chimed in with the notes which preceded or followed and formed marvellous harmony not the least part of my education lay in this cosmic stimulus to my imagination out of my terrestrial conditions and limits i daily rose into spheres which seemed to me more and more divine sight and hearing became noble channels of the influences of infinity instead of gross senses i struggled to bring my furla up to the enjoyment of their labours but ever fell back hopeless this was especially the case when i was brought to examine and test their monolan or electrical distance analyst for a fully developed electric sense was needed to appreciate its refined analysis of impulses from far distances it was an ingenious application of an alloy called by them labramor or electricity sponge and had the power of splitting up any electric wave or impulse into its constituent movements each of these had its own clear and distinct effect upon the furla and varied with the substance from which the impulse came or through which it passed all substances and elements in terrestrial systems were classified according to their electric impulses even before the limanorans brought the furla to its high state of sensitiveness and efficiency they had been able to examine the stars and other distant bodies and analyze their elements by means of this classification and the application of their alloy labramor every substance or element had its place in their tables according as it was positive or negative in its electric impulse towards some other substance or element and all its affinities strong or weak were tabulated thus when they turned their monolan upon any distant body like a star they were able to analyze its elements by means of these tables even now that their furla interpreted the analysis of the monolan without the intervention of classifications and tables they had another electrically analytic instrument which appealed to the eye this turned the electric impulse into a flash or glow which at once revealed in the inamar or spectroscope the substances or elements whence it had come 
their lower or more material senses i was more nearly able to approach even though they too were highly intellectualized and were more the servants of the spirit than of the animal part in developing mine i had more hope in raising myself to the limanoran level and yet there was less stimulus for i felt that they looked down upon these senses of smell taste and touch because of their need of close contact with their objects they were the primitive senses they were narrow and bound down to immediate matter and seemed poor gropers in the infinite and the dark compared with those rangers of infinity the ear the eye and the electric sense it was then with a feeling of humiliation that i saw those lower and more finite senses in me develop so quickly proving me a being of more primitive and material type yet there was no neglect of these in their education and no contempt for them and their uses in fact contempt was one of the vices that they had with most pains weeded out of their systems and civilization they had not merely considered that nothing in creation if looked into scientifically was worthy of contempt but that contempt was the truest symptoms of credulity of character and ignorance of reality and nature even if they had had any remains of this primal savagery they would not have felt it towards those finite seeking senses they only set themselves to make them more and more the servants of the soul the instruments of the imagination they rejected the idea that the arts belonged only to sight and hearing the arts of the furla were far more important and striking than any sculpture or painting or music could be not merely as a variation on these and a relief from them did they have arts and brought in the senses of smell and taste and touch these had their own special uses in their civilization all of them but especially smell and taste were closely linked with memory and through memory with imagination a special perfume and even a special taste would flash before the mind a scene or fact with more vividness than even a piece of music would perfumes and tastes had been classified according to their affinity to certain virtues and ideas and to the great deeds and scenes which best represented them the island was one vast flower garden at all seasons of the year arranged not alone to please the eye but to bring by the suggestion of their perfumes the noblest virtues and deeds constantly into the mind for example whenever a child or youth was being trained the flowers possessing certain well-known scents which were closely connected with the finest qualities and ideas of the race shone profusely yet with striking art the art of the gardening family did not consist merely in arrangement of the landscape and the varied coloration of it the scent of every flower had to be taken into consideration and the faint flavor or taste the seed or fruit might produce in the air when sent adrift or bruised the problem of no science or art was so complicated as that of gardening in this island it had to take into account of so many senses seasons and conditions of growth they were never done with creating and selecting new variations of flowers and plants and color scent and taste in the vegetable world were as adaptable in their hands as tones in the hands of their musical composers 
their task was made comparatively easy by the great development of methods and appliances for rapid growth and decay they had not only complete command of the weather and clouds and sunshine but they could bring up and perfect flowers in a few nights over vast areas by use of their streams and watering platforms and of artificial light when the limanorans slept wonders were being accomplished in colouring the landscape for first some of their great rivers would pour refreshing rain all over the plains and then the electric glow brought close over the plants would develop their bloom-producing capacity as careful were the gardeners that no withering or dead vegetable matter should ever taint the air of the island the moment one set of blossoms had perfected and shown traces of decay an electric pruner ran in a few minutes over the whole area and not merely cut them off but burnt them to dust that fell on the roots to stimulate the new growth of the plants as soon as the plants had passed their bloom productive point an electric life destroyer ploughed lightly through the soil in all directions and by the morning what had been profusely flowered coloured the day before was brown earth ready for the new plant growth of next day the slow-growing perennials and bushes and trees occupied separate and fixed quarters at a distance from the residences and the great centres of intercourse and all rampant vegetation and rotting boughs and leaves were daily turned into good soil by the electric weed destroyer no decay was ever allowed to approach the senses their knowledge of the secrets of the soil made them independent of rotting or offensive manures the particular elements of which any kind of plant or flower robbed the soil were accurately ascertained and their chemistry enabled them with ease to supply the deficiency after a crop had been removed the gardening family had to be familiar on the one hand with the innermost secrets of psychology and on the other with the last discoveries of the more material sciences for no one could avoid the effects of the flowers and trees as he could painting and sculpture music and ferlami gardening in short was the most public of all the arts and the most pervasive in its results a garden and in limanora there was only one vast garden was a great mnemonic instrument which could play upon the souls of the whole community at once that it should not be in the hands of novices or of the unwise or wrong-thoughted men and women was one of the prime cares of the people of all families those that managed the garden of the island had to be most simple-hearted and true most sure in their knowledge of the human heart and most eager to stir to what is great and noble and humane they were the lords of the sense of smell one of the most immediate portals to memory and to imagination to have the complete command of one out of the six dormant sense entrances to the soul was they considered the greatest of responsibilities and no care was neglected in selecting purifying and training the families of gardeners they too had the superintendence of hillerheim a structure devoted to the arts of smell taste and sound combined aided by the musicians and chemists they produced symphonies which appealed to all three senses and roused the imagination to exceptional flights 
the imaginative or pioneering families frequented the halls of this great building daily in pursuit of new stimulus to their faculty every chamber in it had special emotions to rouse a garden could have only a mingled effect upon the memory and mnemonic imagination hillerheim separated the effects and classified the emotions and imaginative ideas which were to be stimulated anyone entering could find out at the porch either by looking in the index chamber or by consulting one of the superintendents what hall or halls he ought to rest in i had often during my education to take refuge in Alleheim, when clogged in my endeavours to advance by dullness of memory or imagination or by the weakness of some emotion after a time i did not need to consult a guide i knew what element in my soul was deficient and what emotion or memory would stir it to activity and by aid of the index hall and its graphic representation of the effect of every chamber upon the spirit i could choose what symphony i needed as soon as i had entered the hall that i had chosen i lay down on one of their hanging rests and shut my eyes at once the medicated atmosphere began to affect my palate whilst the delicate perfume entered my nostrils and my ears drank in the sweet-sounding music before many minutes had passed memories of striking scenes i had witnessed or heard of or seen represented in the island began to rise in my mind and the emotion i needed thrilled me through if it was heroism or courage i felt myself urged to deeds of valour if it was benevolence i was soon inclined to rush to the help of the suffering and the poor if it was hope i saw bright visions of the future but this exercise was too passive to be allowed for any length of time the imagination and emotions were apt to gain at the expense of the will and the nervous energy by too frequent resort to Alleheim. strenuous endeavour was held to be one of the prime essentials of progress not only in the race but even more in the individual and though all the prevailing odours and tastes and sounds of the island were agreeable the Limanorans carried with them a small instrument, called Margol, that by an adaption of electricity could blunt at will the acuteness of smelling and tasting and hearing, and, on the other hand, reduce the powers of perfumes and flavours and sounds. It acted by drying the air around the head and drawing the moisture and heat from the nostrils, the tongue, and the ears. It was partly to mitigate the force of smells and tastes and sounds that they always kept the atmosphere dry and cool by day. In the margol, too, there was a combination of chemicals and electricity which would modify any odor or flavor to suit the taste, but if they wished to increase the strength of any perfume or taste, they applied electric heat to the source of it, and moistened the nostrils and the mouth it was one of the new peculiarities of the race that the mucus and the salivary flow was under the command of the will and they could smell and taste with satisfaction to themselves without the aid of moisture on the organs their senses of smell and taste had become by means of their acuteness what they were originally meant to be the guardians of the throat and the digestion they told with accuracy the nature of the substances brought to the mouth whatsoever would be deleterious to the system was offensive 
in most civilized peoples what is grateful to the palate and the olfactory nerves is often pernicious to some tissue of the body or some faculty of the mind here the two senses were the true friends and protectors of both body and soul there was no seducing them or bribing them into evil or irrational reports so completely had they been saturated with reason End of chapter 17 part 1